0: Good morning and thank you for tuning in. This is the Sports Desk Podcast presented by the Utah Statesman. Thank you for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. Let's take a look on this fine Monday morning at what's been going on last week in Aggie sports and we'll take a look forward at this week. We've been calling this show the Monday Morning Review, but with football kind of winding down, I know the season's not over, we still have to go 1-0 this week, but uh, it kind of feels like that's not the most accurate name anymore as we are no longer looking back at a weekend full of football reviewing that, but um, nonetheless, here we are on Monday morning and here to talk about some Aggie sports. Let's take a look back first and then we'll look forward. Uh, Last week was a good week for Utah State basketball. Since we last talked, Utah State had a get-well game against the New Orleans Privateers uh, recovering from back-to-back losses against St. Mary's and BYU down in Provo. So, definitely a much-needed get-well game before we go into probably the more difficult part of our non-conference schedule before we wrap it up as we travel down to Ogden to play the Weber State Wildcats. 9-1 as of right now, and then we move on to play Iowa, who is 7-3 and a pretty solid team there in the Big Ten. So looking back at this previous week of Utah State basketball, we'll start with the men's. We'll, We'll go over the women's too because they are in full swing as well. But looking back at this previous week... I guess I shouldn't call this upcoming stretch the more difficult part of our uh, non-conference schedule, although it is a uh, potentially difficult stretch. Um, But looking at this past week, coming off that loss to St. Mary's, we begin the week on the 8th against BYU in what turned into a pretty brutal loss. We talked about that um, kind of at length on last week's Thursday show, um, as that game had already happened when when we recorded that show. Moving on from that game, the... 11-point loss to the Cougars, uh, which frankly was, you know, we were down by 20 at one point in that game. So it was uh, not not close. Um, But then we come back and we come back home to the spectrum and we beat New Orleans as we should. They are you know, an inferior team of sorts, and we beat them 82 to 50. So on the week, we outscore our opponents by 153 to 121. So still a pretty good week if you look at the performances and our scoring, Uh, you know, scoring 71 against BYU and then dropping 82 on New Orleans. Obviously losing one of those games, but still being able to show up and Make that game against BYU a competitive one, and then come home and make that game against New Orleans a non-competitive one. Um, so overall, an okay week, right? You know, you go into that BYU game, they were 24th in the nation at the time, um, mainly because it hadn't been, you know, the top 25 hadn't been updated yet from their lost UVU. They are no longer ranked. Uh, Although they are receiving votes, they will probably get back into the top 25 if I had to guess. Um, That's going to be a a loss that doesn't hurt us at the end of the season. It would have been a win that helps, but it's not going to hurt us, I don't think. And we go into that game, and look, it's the same thing as that game in football where you go into that game and you don't have a lot to lose. Um, We were pretty much expected to win it. Um, I felt like we could win it. I know a lot of us did feel like we could go down to Provo and beat them, but we didn't. So we lose that game. And it doesn't hurt. We come home, and you know, New Orleans is just one of those games where you have to take care of business. You got to get that win. No excuse for losing. Um, and they they came through. They uh, had a get well game, like I said. Um, win that game, eighty two to fifty. Behind once again a really balanced scoring effort and a really balanced effort by the Utah State Aggies. New Orleans only traveled with seven players. Um, it was really a game that you know they. I think they kind of conceded that they were going to lose this game. They were playing in a Hostile environment against a top tier basketball team. Um, I not to say they were in it to lose, um, but it was one of those where I think they uh, did a risk analysis and uh, decided to make a business decision. Only sent seven guys for whatever reason. I don't know that we have a confirmed um, reason on that. There was speculation that it was COVID, but there was also talk that it was not COVID. Um, so we're not sure what what that was. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you're uh, you're coming to play Utah State. Save a little cash if you can, because you're going to lose that game, right? So, um, the leaderboard on the Utah State side, Justin Bean, of course, leading the the game in points, 14 points with only eight rebounds. And the fact that we say only eight rebounds win, uh, when we're talking about Justin Bean is a testament to how unbelievable he is. So, Justin Bean missing out on another double double, but still putting up 14 points, eight rebounds. Uh, not a concern, obviously, uh, that he's missing that double double. It is it is funny that we. Um, the red flags might go up right when you when you see Justin Bean not getting a double double it's fine it's 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 fine i mean 8 rebounds is pretty close um to to that double double he also had uh 3 assists 2 steals and a block uh Justin Bean is just really evolving as a player and starting to do Justin Bean things in different facets of his game he's finding ways to use his kind of bulldog toughness and his uh basketball instincts and his tenacity to into things other than just rebounds. Uh, You know, sometimes scrappy guys like Justin Bean find ways to get rebounds really easily, Um, but Justin Bean is finding a way to take his skill set and figure out ways to block shots and steal the ball. He's figuring out, like, look, I know how basketball works. I understand the game. I understand the physics of the game. He has a... A nose for the ball like a bloodhound and he has figured out like hey I can go after loose balls I can go after uh, shots I can block shots I can steal the ball so he's he's really expanding his game defensively of course offensively as well in this game he only shot one three didn't go in um, but you you've seen that this season where he's expanding into that part of the game which is really important in this game that we're playing on um, this modern game of basketball tied with Justin Bean on points was RJ Idle Rock is really good to see him on uh, on the top of the leaderboard for points He hasn't been able to find his way consistently to the top of the leaderboard for Utah State I don't know that I would consider it like struggling or a slump or anything But it's really good to see RJ Idle Rock get some of that scoring opportunity Be able to score 14 points and start to settle into an offensive role uh, The way we've seen other guys kind of settle in as well behind Justin Bean who got off to a really good start on the season Um, RJ Idle Rock in addition to 14 points, which he did by the way in only 16 minutes He didn't play the whole game. 14 points in 16 minutes is really good. So he was uh, having a great night. Um, Justin Bean played a majority of the game with 26 uh, minutes, by the way. Um, Idle Rock was 5 of 9 from the field and 4 of 8 from 3. That's big. If he can start shooting 4 from 8 every night, um, there's not many guys in the league that can obviously shoot 50% on eight attempts. So um, that's that's huge. That's going to help his averages a little bit, and that's going to help uh, his confidence as he starts to settle into this offense. I also like that he's just letting it fly. Eight three-pointers um, attempted was the high of anyone in the game, um, and that's huge. I think that's how we're going to win games. We've already proven that's how we're going to win games um, is just by letting it fly from behind the arc, and when they fall, uh, they fall. And that's, you know, on eight shots, RJ Idle Rock scores 12 points which is just monumentally huge to score 12 points on eight attempts is, is huge. You're not going to lose games. If you can score 12 points on eight attempts, because what that's doing is scoring one and a half points per shot. So every time you get a shot up, you're scoring one and a half points, basically um, if you're shooting four of eight from three, which is is extremely difficult to do. Um, but it just shows when you can shoot a high, clip from behind the arc Um, and the more shots behind the arc the better obviously as we've talked about Um, good things happen so there you have RJ Idle Rock scoring 14 points 12 of those coming on three-pointers he also had a rebound and assist a steal um, and so he's he's making his presence known. Uh, let's take a look at Brandon Horvath as well. He had seven points, he had an assist, a steal, a block, and seven rebounds. So seven points, seven rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block for Brandon Horvath. Uh, good night for him as well. He's one that we are really relying on. He shot three three pointers, didn't uh, didn't have any of them fall tonight, uh, which is um, fine, and it's part of the averages. It just means he's going to make more next time, uh, and that's that's good. You want to see guys like him letting it fly. Uh one one critique I had during that BYU game is I just wanted Brian and Horvath to shoot more. Um he was really good. He has been really good. Um and I kind of think people are still maybe not catching up to the film and, and realizing that he has a stroke from from deep. And I hope that he keeps letting it fly, obviously. Um along with some of these other guys on the team. Ryland Jones and the uh, Ryland Jones ended the night with six points. 11 assists and four steals we have talked a little bit about Ryland jones and his assists but 11 assists in one night is huge uh that is really hard to do 11 assists and four steals is like john stockton kind of numbers um john stockton has two records in the nba that will probably never be touched so that is a uh A high compliment to Rylan Jones. and Definitely someone that he could pattern his game off of. And it seems like he might be um, with 11 assists um, coming in in, uh, this game against New Orleans. Brock Miller, your fifth starter of the game. He had six points and an assist. He also played the least of the starters. He only played 14 minutes of the game due to, at least in part, an attempt to get Sean Barristow and Steven Ashworth more time. Um, Those two guys both got a lot of time coming off the bench. Ashworth with 19 minutes. Sean Berstow with 18. Um, another notable guy was Zee who got 10 points off the bench. Um, and in a game like this, it's it's a great game to get into that bench. Um, of those guys, Z Hamoda had 3 points and 2 rebounds and assists and a steal. Sean Berstow ended up with 3 points, 2 blocks of steal, and 5 assists. Great night for Sean Berstow coming off the bench. Uh, love that he's starting to feel comfortable on the court. Uh, and then, of course, Steven Ashworth with eight points, three assists, three rebounds, and two steals. Uh, so a great night for him as well. Really, uh, everybody had a great night. You don't win 82-50 to 50 if everybody's not having a great night. So a great win, a fun win for the Utah State Aggies in basketball and, and uh, a great way to get uh, back in the right direction here against uh, going up against Weber State and then Iowa um, before... You know Portland State, but then really getting into conference play, um, and so not a lot of time to get that ship moving in the right direction. Not a lot of wiggle room anymore, um, as you have two tough games now that really matter. I mean, in in, in basketball, non conference games matter a lot more than they do in in football. But then. Not only these two tough games, but then uh, shortly thereafter, we're starting conference play, which is still weighted quite heavily in terms of importance on, on each game. So not a lot of time to get things right. They looked like they were doing just that against New Orleans. Uh, not a lot of mistakes, not a lot of, not a lot of things to complain about, um, and just taking care of business against New Orleans. Hopefully we can do the same uh, here against Weber State in Ogden. We've talked about Weber, and we're going to take a look at them right now uh, a little bit. But they're a great team. It's still a team that we should be uh, beating. Uh, Weber State is, uh, I don't even want to say an inferior program, um, but I, I will say that we, we should win that game, and hopefully we can go in and, and take care of business there. Uh, of course, then Iowa at a neutral site before Portland State, um, and hopefully we can take care of business there as well. So that's kind of a, a look at the next few games. After Portland State, we finish off the, the month. The last game of the month will be against Air Force uh, to start conference play. And that's when it gets really exciting. So, after splitting the week one and one, uh, a loss that's tough, but probably acceptable, and then a win that is expected, the Aggies are sitting at seven and three. We look at that record, and there's some games that, quite frankly, we wish we could have back. Those uh, same areas, BYU back to back losses. Uh, that's kind of tough. That UC Davis game early on—that's the one that kind of hurts. But seven and three, not a bad record going into a new week of basketball. Uh, the women, on the other hand, are five and four. Their season has been a little bit more of a mixed bag and a little bit more of a roller coaster so far. Um, this past week for the Aggies, they had a home game against Arkansas State, which was won on a buzzer beater. It was an awesome, awesome finish to that game, sixty-six to sixty-five for the Utah State Aggies, um, and then. After that game, they traveled out to Ball State and fell 81-55. to So they split the week as well, 1-1, one and one, bringing their record to 5-4. and four. Um, They move on and play the Montana Grizzlies, um, and then they will begin conference play against the Air Force Falcons uh, after that game. So a lot to look forward to for this Utah State Aggies team on the women's side of basketball. I'm really excited for this team once they get into conference because I think we're going to Really see how much this team has improved when we get to conference play Um, just because the conference is kind of the one thing year in year out that's pretty consistent and you get to play each team twice and kind of measure yourself against similar teams. It's almost like a control group that you're testing against uh, year in year out. And so I'm really excited to see what they can do in the conference Um, compared to what they've done on the conference in previous years. I really think this is a good squad, coached by a good coach in Kayla Ard, who's finally getting her systems in place. Um, She's a second-year coach, but it feels like a first year for her. Um, And so I'm excited to see what they can do once they get to conference play here after they play the Montana Grizzlies in Missoula. they will kick off conference play at home against the Air Force Falcons, so make sure you're in the spectrum for that game uh, to help our uh, help our Aggies out. But let's look at a few notes looking backwards before we start to look forward at our schedule because uh, there are some guys on our schedule that I want to take a look at and like what they've been able to do uh, since we've played them or uh, you know, as we prepare to play them. The first team I want to talk about is Oklahoma. Uh, we won our game against Oklahoma back in the championship game of the Myrtle Beach Invitational and... That game has continued to look pretty good on our resume. The Sooners recently just knocked off a 12-ranked Arkansas team. Now, Arkansas is coached by our good friend Eric Musselman, and and as we know, as Aggie fans, Eric Musselman is a really good coach. I know a lot of a lot of fans up here don't like him, or maybe don't want to admit that Musselman's a fantastic coach, um, but he does have a tendency, as we know. To wear his emotions on his sleeve, he is an emotional coach, and that's part of I think the charm and the appeal with, uh, with Coach Musselman. I think that's what players and programs like about him. uh, But it can cause problems. So he he was tossed from this game against Oklahoma, Arkansas, Oklahoma. Uh, Musselman was tossed, and Oklahoma ends up winning that game in convincing fashion, eighty eight to sixty six, in a neutral site game between the uh, the Razorbacks and the Sooners. So this is a huge benefit for Utah state because with our two losses that are moderately uh, acceptable uh, I keep using the word acceptable as if there's such thing as an acceptable loss but what I mean by that is the St. Mary's and the BYU loss the losses that aren't hurting us too bad but with those two losses and then the bad loss at the beginning to UC Davis our wins are our list of quality wins is so far pretty short Oklahoma is the headliner on that list of quality wins, and that win keeps getting to be a a higher higher quality win. So looking forward for the Sooners, we have a game against UT Arlington, who we've played and and beat pretty handily. Then they play Alcorn State. That'll wrap up the month for them, but then moving forward, they have uh, a really loaded, loaded schedule in their conference. They are in the Big 12, which as we know is a uh, pretty stacked basketball conference. So they'll have Kansas State, Baylor, who's number one in the country right now. Iowa State, who's number 11 in the country right now. Texas, who's number 17 in the country right now. TCU, then Kansas, who's number seven in the country right now. Then they have Baylor again, and then Washington, West Virginia, Auburn, who's number 13 in the country, and TCU again. That's their month of January, so they have a brutal month of January so hopefully, for our sake, the Sooners can win the the next two games on their schedule, UT Arlington, Alcorn State. Definitely winnable games for the Sooners. Those are both games that they should win um, and then get into conference play. And if they can hold their own in the conference, it's going to make us look really, really good, especially if they can settle into a top spot in that conference. Uh, it's going to help us look really, really good um, and help us add to our quality win list um, because that list is pretty short right now. Hopefully we can do our part and add to that against Weber, add to that against Iowa, and then, of course, in the conference we have a lot of quality teams that we have a chance to beat. Um, But until then, Oklahoma's kind of our our one quality win, or at least our highest quality win. Richmond, the team that we beat early on in the season, I feel like we haven't talked a lot about that game since it happened. That's a team that could end up becoming a quality win as well. They're currently at 6-4. and They have a relatively tough conference schedule as well, being in the Atlantic 10. Um, So that could uh, be another win that helps us out a little bit. Um, New Mexico State is another one. They are kind of a lower tier program, I think, and are are viewed that way at least. Um, But a win against New Mexico State that we have could help us out as well. They are currently 8-2 with a chance to go up against Washington State, a Pac-12 team, here this week. Um, with a chance to make them look good and in turn make us look a little bit better as well in the Myrtle Beach Invitational where we beat them they also have a win against Davidson and in Indiana State so not a bad resume for the New Mexico State Aggies but definitely uh, looking for something that can help them boost that a little bit um, they have played New Mexico the Lobos twice lost once won once um, and then they've beat UTEP so they're on a three-game win streak with wins against New Mexico, UTEP, and Loyola Marymount. So a uh, solid basketball program down there, as we know, and hopefully they can pick up some wins. Hopefully they can beat Washington State, make us look real nice, um, help add that to the resume. I don't think New Mexico State's going to find themselves ranked or anything. Um, our best chance there is that they win the WAC, and we have a, a win against the WAC champion, uh, which never looks bad. It's never It never hurts to beat conference champions um, in other conferences. In terms of our two losses that are not UC Davis, uh, BYU and St. Mary's are going to have a pretty similar in-conference schedule, obviously. I mean, they're going to have uh, basically an identical conference schedule because they're in the same conference. They'll just uh, play each other instead of themselves. So they will have a pretty similar schedule when all is said and done. Since they've played us, St. Mary's lost to Colorado State 74-58, to but then they beat UCSB. And they still have a couple games before they get into their conference play, uh, including games against Montana State, San Diego State, Yale, and Yale. So hopefully they can win those. Of course, we are, are rooting for St. Mary's despite how tough that loss was and how it went down. Um, BYU was ranked 24 when we played them. Of course, they're not ranked anymore. I think they will be back in the top 25 because they're still right there receiving votes. Um, they're not going to stay down for long. After they played us, they went and lost to Creighton 83 to 71. Not a bad loss by any means to uh, for BYU there. Uh, Creighton right now is 8-2 uh, with some some really good games on their schedule. Um, so BYU loses to Creighton. In the future, they have Weber State. Then they have USF. So some, some good schools still on the schedule for BYU before they get into conference play. And that's another one that could help us look... Um, it's definitely not going to help no matter what they do. Uh, it's still a loss, but hopefully they can... Um, you know logistically hopefully they can win some of those games and take some of that burden off of us although I do understand if you're not going to root for BYU because let's face it I'm probably not either I'm going to root for the the Sooners and the Gales though um because it does make us look a little bit better if they both play well our next opponent is Weber State they're having a really good year we've talked about them briefly on the show probably one of the best years that they've had or at least the one of the best starts that they've had um They're currently sitting at 9-1, 4-0 at home. So we're going down to the Purple Palace, playing them in Ogden. Um, could be a tough environment, could be a tough game for sure, they're unbeaten there. The most notable game on their schedule so far is their 94-60 to 60 point loss to Washington State. Other than that, they've run the table and have won every game not particularly close. I mean, they have games on their schedule that they won 82-36, to 36. Um, they have played really well, they beat Ball State, they beat Dixie State, um, they are, they're just playing really good basketball, Kobe McEwen down there, Aggie fans are, are familiar with him. Um, They will play us at home, and then they will play BYU at home, Then they will play Fresno State also at home. So they have a really tough homestand coming up with some big names. Um, Obviously, none of those games really matter for us other than the Utah State-Weber State game. Hopefully we win, Um, but then BYU, we've played them, we'll play Weber. That game doesn't have a huge effect. And then, of course, Fresno State uh, logistically it's tough to root against the conference, um, but then Weber State will get into their conference play and hopefully they can run the table in the conference as they've been known to do before. Um, so that's our next opponent. The last team I want to talk about is probably the Iowa Hawkeyes who had a good start. They're still playing well. They're still a well over 500 team in a tough conference. I want to take a little bit of a look at them just so we can get a gauge of where they're at. Um in their schedule right now and what they have going on before we will get to them here on Saturday, uh, the same day that we will be playing in the L.A. Bowl in football. So Iowa is 7-3. Their only three losses coming in their previous three games to Purdue, two in the nation at the time, Illinois, and Iowa State, 17 in the nation at the time. Now, all those games were relatively close except for that last one uh, against Iowa State. Against the number two team in the country, Iowa only lost by seven to Purdue. Against Illinois, eighty-seven to eighty-three, um, and then a fifty-three to seventy-three point loss to Iowa State. Before that, Iowa was undefeated, seven and zero. So, Iowa—it's tough to tell exactly how good they are. Um, they're definitely a good team. It's just hard to tell exactly how good. So, we will be meeting them on a three-game win streak. They don't play again between now and the time we play them. So their next game is against us. We have one game weaver State, before then. So hopefully we can be on a, on a two-game win streak of our own uh, going in to meet them on their three-game win streak. But I'll tell you what, they don't want to lose four straight, um, especially with such a tough conference schedule that they have um, being in the Big Ten. So they are going to want to... Pick up as many wins as they can outside of the conference, just like we're trying to do uh, right now. So they they they're gonna want that win, um, pretty bad. They're a great team, and then they have some some other big games, uh, especially once they get in conference play, um, being in the Big Ten. So big week for Aggie Hoops here with uh, a trip to Ogden, a trip to Sioux Falls. Uh, we got the Weaver State Wildcats. We got the Iowa Hawkeyes. And as I've kind of alluded to, it is a tough stretch of the non-conference schedule. It's kind of our last chance to put a exclamation point on the non-conference schedule. It's our last chance to try to boost that non-conference schedule resume. At this point, it is a certainty that we're going to end the non-conference schedule with a winning record. So that's good. I mean, we could drop these next three and be seven and six. Definitely not ideal. Um, but we will have a winning record, but that's not enough at this level Uh, just to be over 500. So if we really want to have a decent resume come March, we really have to win some of these games and end the non-conference schedule with authority. Um, So the opportunity that we have is to pick up wins against Weber State, Iowa, and Portland State, which would mean we have wins against the Big Ten, Big 12, WAC, and Big Sky, which those two aren't as impressive, but Big Ten, Big 12 are good. Losses to obviously two losses to the the West Coast Conference, um, and and some possibilities of having some conference champions that we've we've beat, um, particularly in New Mexico State and possibly Weber State. We can hope. Um, the next three games will determine if we're 10 and 3 or 7 and 6 going into conference play. Personally, I'd rather be 10 and 3. Of course, we can be anywhere in between 10 and 3 and 7 and 6. We can be any combination in between those two. Um, but getting these three wins going into conference play uh, would be huge for the program and uh, definitely help that resume um, because at this point, nothing is going to erase that UC Davis loss and you know what, we left some wins on the table against St. Mary's and BYU, those would have been great wins to help us out, um, but we couldn't get those, so now we're relying on Oklahoma, and of course the future with Iowa, we also have kind of right below those two wins, or potential wins, we have Weber, we have Richmond, we have New Mexico State, all that could help us out as well. Then we get into conference play, and we all know, I think, what we're getting into in conference play, we're getting a lot of hungry teams, a lot of talented teams, and Not a lot of teams that we can write off, so uh, it's going to be a tough, tough gauntlet once we get to the conference schedule, so hopefully we can win these next three games and finish that non-conference schedule on a high note. Basketball isn't the only thing going on this week. It's a big week for football as well. We have our bowl game, the LA Bowl, against the Oregon State Ducks. That's going to be an awesome, awesome matchup on the 18th uh, this upcoming Saturday. That's a game that we're going to talk a lot about uh, later on in the week. But I do want to take a look at Oregon State, what they've done. They are 7-5 with a schedule that's going to look really familiar to us. They are a really fun team to play. Um, It was kind of like Washington State when we talked about them, how it's geographically a really fun matchup. And I, I think the Mountain West... Or at least Utah State uh, should make more of an effort to try to play these Pac 12 teams more often because they are geographically right in our backyard. Uh, they play a bunch of the teams that we play. Um, you know, football in the West is very different than football in the East, there's less teams out here to play. Um, and so we we play each other a lot. So I would love to see us try to play some more of these Pac-12 teams because there's a lot of similarities and a lot of teams that we're very familiar with on their schedule. So let's go through their schedule, talk about it, um, and see where their seven wins, five losses came from. They opened up against Purdue. They lost that game 30-21. to Then they came back home and played a Mountain West team, our very own. Hawaii, they won 45-27 to in that game. Then they played Idaho. They blew them out 42 to 0. Then they started their own conference play. They played USC. They won 45 to 27. They played Washington. They won 27 to 24. They played Washington State. Again, a team that we've played this year. We beat them. Uh, Washington State beat the Beavers. They won 31 to 24. Oregon State then played Utah. They won 42 to 34. They played Cal and lost 39 to 25. They lost to Colorado 37 to 34. Then they beat Stanford 35 to 14. They played Arizona State and won 24 to 10. And then their season finale, they beat Oregon. They lost to their in state rival Oregon 38 to 29. Oregon at the time was ranked 11th in the country. So a few like opponents there with the Oregon State Beavers. We beat Hawaii, they also beat Hawaii. We played against and beat Washington State. When they played Washington State, they lost. Utah is a team that Oregon State beat. Uh Utah doesn't have very many losses. One is to Oregon State, one is to San Diego State, a team that we beat uh, in in our championship game. Um so there's a lot of a lot of ties, a lot of similarities between the schedule that we could find if we if we took a closer look. Of course there's Always a lot of matchups between the Mountain West and the Pac-12. There were other games between the two conferences that didn't have a, a real effect on us. Of course, Nevada played against Cal and they won. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to play uh, against Nevada. Um, Arizona State beat our very own UNLV. You know, we we played and beat UNLV as well. So there's always a lot of games between the two conferences. Uh, this will just add one more to that list, and hopefully, it can be another game where the Mountain West beats the Pac-12. Uh, I really hope that can happen, and I honestly really think that can happen. Uh, this Utah State team is capable of anything, and they are certainly capable of proving everybody wrong when they think they're gonna lose. Um, so we have that game on Saturday. Make sure you're uh, getting down to that game if you can. Uh, if not, make sure you're watching it on TV. And if you're at home watching it on TV, anyways, make sure you're tuning into Utah State Iowa on the hardwood as well. Um, that's all we have for you today for the Monday uh, the Monday Morning Show. Uh, make sure you tune in this Thursday as we uh, preview that bowl game a little bit closer and talk about everything else going on in Aggie sports. Thanks for tuning in. Go Aggies.